the last Sunday of each year, we always emphasize uh, the Word, reading the Word. And uh, since this will be the 30th year for that, I've done a few of those. Uh, and every now and then, you know, I think people, when they're listening to me, are just hearing blah, 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 because they've heard me, you know, bring this message a few times. New voice, fresh voice, can't think of a better one than Brad White, would you? Welcome, Elder Brad. Wow, praise the Lord. Um... You know, the time for uh, speaking comes a lot faster when you're doing it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like normally you're just sitting there. You're like, what's next? What's going to happen? Oh, cool. Okay, somebody's here. Oh, it's me. Okay. So this morning is me, and um, I'm, I'm thankful that Pastor Ronnie gives me the opportunity to, to speak to you this morning on something that's uh, very important to all of us and, and really for our spiritual health, for the spiritual health of each uh, individual believer, for the spiritual health of this body. Of believers, um, this could be it for you. Maybe a light bulb will go off for you this morning. I know it did for me. There's a seat right there next to my wife. I'm speaking to myself. I'm not really there this morning, but that's I'm talking to myself. So if it seems like I'm stepping on your toes, sorry. Um, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for for all of you guys to come here this morning. We're gonna go ahead and pray, and I'm gonna be doing a lot of uh, reading of the scriptures this morning. Uh, from my print off and from my uh, mobile device. So if you have one of those, we're not going to stand and read this morning, but uh, one scripture, but I would prefer that you sit and read all of them as we go through them, either, either in your Bible or on your device or whatever you have. Praise God, we have the availability of God's word at, at hand. So I know you can get there with us this morning. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this time, and, and, and not only for this time and for this place, but for this season in our lives. Uh, as the word goes forth this morning, Father, I just pray that anything that I say will be forgotten. It won't be remembered, but your word, Father, your word lasts, and it produces fruit in our lives, uh, God, that not only it, it lasts for this season, it's not temporal, it's eternal. So, Father, I pray that your word change us this morning as we press into you, as we press into your presence this morning through the reading of your scripture and through the instruction of your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So uh, one of the things that um, is cool about what I do uh, is that, you know, we actually have a Sunday school class here, Sunday Morning Connect group. It's uh, Pastor Brad and regular Justin actually teach that class. <laughs> It's uh, it's just, that's a joke. He said, why do you get Pastor Brad? I'm just regular old Justin on the, uh, on the thing. But the reason why I get Pastor Brad is because uh, I was Pastor Brad when, my, when I met my wife and my stepdaughter still calls me Pastor Brad. So I'll always be Pastor Brad, regardless if you call me that or not. <laughs> what we're doing in Breakfast Blend coming up, too, uh, since some of you guys are in first service that are in attendance here this morning, I don't normally see you. But if you want, we do Bible, Bible study on Sunday morning starting at 845. You can come to that. You're welcome. It's a potluck breakfast. And then we get into the Word, and we're about to enter into a, uh, a new series called A Season of Rest. Uh, it's talking about uh, revelation, explanation, strength, and timing of what God wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. So it's going to be good. So you're invited to come to that. Uh, I, I saw here recently, I'm going to tell you, I was, I was looking at 
boy, how do you really address the importance of God's word to a body of believers, right? It's something that we should all already know, right? We should know how important the word is to us as a body of believers. It's something that, we, that should always be in the back of our minds of, I need to get back to my scripture. I need to read my scripture, have my daily devotional or whatever, the time that I spend with the Lord, right? Uh, but one of the things that, um, that I read that was talking about the importance of scripture is talking about, is comparing it to now we're in a digital age, right? We're in a digital age. So a lot of people have the scripture. It's on their phone. It's on their tablet, uh, iPad, iPod, whatever you got, right? Um, and it was talking about in a digital age how it's different. The message uh, is almost like an email. So when you get an email in your inbox, right, I don't know what kind of emails you're expecting, but sometimes you get an email from somebody that you want to hear from, right? Yeah. You ever get one of those and you're like, oh, I can't wait to open this, see what this says. Who is this from? Right? And you read it and it says from and it's got a name on there, right? And you're about to go click it and open it. Why do you open it? Be- because you know who it's from. Right? Well, if you trust the sender. If not, it could be a virus in there, right? It could be a corrupted word, right? It could be from a corrupted sender, right? So if you don't trust the sender, then you're not going to open the mail, right? You're not going to care what it says if you don't know who it's coming from. Guess what we have, guys? We got the word of God available to us if we trust him, if we love him, if we care about what it says, then we'll make time to open it, won't we? We'll get excited about it. We'll not just make time. Oh, we'll be excited about what it says. We'll be informed about what it says. We'll actually do what it says, right? Okay, one person's riding. You got to have one of those. Here's the reason why we're doing this, though. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to carry this because I don't care. <laughs> the uh, sixth statement of faith here at Springhouse is that we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe that it provides our instruction for life and all philosophies, creeds, wisdom, and claims to revelation must bow to its authority. Okay, that's the sixth statement of faith. You can find that on the Springhouse website if you didn't already know it. But for you, uh, there's, a, there's a word in here, and it's a, a word that for other statements, it, 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 it may say infallible or uncorruptible. Uh, this word here for our statement of faith is the Bible is the inspired word of God. Sometimes I get confused about English words. Do you? Do English words confuse you? So I'm not talking about Hebrew and Greek. I'm talking about English words. Do sometimes you need to know what they mean? I do. So here's the definition of the word inspired in case you are wondering or maybe you thought it meant something else. Uh, the word inspired means of extraordinary quality as if arising from some external creative impulse. I can go with that. So for it to be the inspired word of God, that means it arose from some external creative impulse, meaning we believe the word of God was written by the Holy Spirit through men, right? We believe men wrote these these testaments, what they saw and what they heard, what God revealed to them. But ultimately, it was the Holy Spirit that was doing the writing through them. 
That's the reason why it's the inspired word of God. So let me ask you this question this morning. I know this is some of these things are redundant, right? We're in church. We're not at a we're not at a basketball game where you might ask a question and, and there be three or four or five believers, right? <laughs> where do you get your instruction from? Where are you getting your instruction for living from? I hope it ain't Dr. Phil. <laughs> right? Because I caught him on TV one day. I was like, look at what he's doing. He's going to mess these people. They already messed up. And he's going to mess them up worse. Where are you turning to for the answers in life? I'm going to tell you this, right? Even if you don't read the Bible every day, even if you haven't been you know, immersed in God's word and you know chapter verse and you can say, hey, uh, there's a John Chris thing where he's got the lady who's got the uh, Bible verse for everything, right? Maybe you're not that person. Maybe you don't have the Bible verse for everything. But when you got a question, I hope you go into the word for the answer. Because the answers are there. And guess what? The answers are for now. This isn't ancient history. This isn't something that doesn't apply to today. It applies to today. Did you know that? One of the things that I'm going to show you, yeah, check your Bible. If you got a Bible, go ahead, open it up. Go ahead, open it up. If you got one, open it up. If you got the digital version, go to the title screen. Okay. Amen when you're there. Okay. You see an expiration date? Huh? You see it in there? Does it say it's done? Okay, it's still good. It's got a shelf life on it. We ready to roll with it. I'm ready to use it. I don't know about you. I eat stuff that got a good date on it. You know what I mean? If it's even close. If it's close. A lot of people ask this question too, right? Uh, what version of the Bible should I read? What translation? I don't like the word version because it seems like there's different versions. There's really only one version. The verbiage is different. It's different words that create a different thought pattern, but it's all leading to the same point. It's the point. So if you want to read the word and you wondering which Bible should I get, get the one that you'll read. Like there's people, right? There are people who have a King James version sitting in the nightstand that they ain't never read. Because they don't understand it. It's the wrong verbiage. It's the wrong time. I wasn't born there. I'm not 1611. I wasn't born in 1611. I don't know what they're talking about. Some people can understand it. Regular, regular people do. So if that's you and that ministers to you, praise God, read that because I can get something off of what you got. We'll learn about God's word together and we'll, we'll sharpen each other, right? Does the word say that? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We can sharpen each other by having a different translation, by having different verbiage that we're coming together to look for an answer for. And my Bible says this and mine says this. You know what? That's really the same point. It's the same thing. Hey, let's figure out what the depth of this word is for us. Together. Together. Everybody don't have to read the NIV like I do and like Paul did, you know. 
<laughs> you may have something else that you want to read, and that's fine. So what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to take us to a little case study, okay? And we're going to look at the life of Jesus here for just a second. I got some scriptures that I'm going to read to you. You can follow along with me. Uh, since Christmas time was just here, and I was in Luke 2 anyways, uh, I went right on through. I just went right on through, and you'll notice there, we're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Luke chapter 2, verse 41, we're going to 52. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you. I'm going to paraphrase some of it, and then we're going to look at the points, okay? So, you know that Jesus, his parents were taking him to, they were going back to Jerusalem for the Passover, right? Because that was their custom. After they left, they realized, hey, Jesus ain't with us. Where is Jesus at? So they got to turn around, go back, find Jesus. Guess where he's at? At the church. Wait, wait a minute, what? So let's look at uh, verse 47, uh, well, 46. After three days, they found him in the temple Sitting among the teachers, here's what he's doing, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. Sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking questions. If you can sit out here every single week and not have a question, something wrong, because I got a whole bunch of them. Because <laughs> I got a whole bunch of them. One of the elders who was here, y'all remember Tammy Sweeney and her husband, Tim. They were some of the uh, first people who I met here at the church. And I would come every week and I would ask Tim a question. I would say, Tim, uh, right here in my Bible, it says uh, women ain't supposed to be teaching. And he said, oh, well, let me tell you about what that really means in the context of what he's saying. And then let's, then let's look at the reason why Barbie has been anointed for this position at this church. And he starts to explain some things to me. And I go, oh, okay, that makes sense to me now. Okay, appreciate that. I come back the next week and I say, hey, it says right here uh, in my Bible, I can transport through time. He said, look at here, bro. He said, I appreciate you coming with all these questions. He said, what you need to do is you need to sit down and you need to speak with the Lord and let him give you the answers. Don't depend on me. Don't depend on me to be your conduit to God. Like I'm going to explain every single thing to you and give you an answer. I want you to go to the Lord and ask him. After you ask him, come and ask me and we'll talk about it. Man, when he said that to me, I was like, Lord, <laughs> I've just been trying to figure all this out on my own. I'm not even inviting the Holy Spirit to explain these things to me. I've just been reading and then going, hey, there's this piece of information. What do I do with this information? I better go do something with it. Find out where it fits, right? But sometimes God has given you something so that you don't have to have all the answers right now. It says the, he said the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what you need when you need it. So sometimes you're just reading something. It ain't even for you right now. It's for somebody else. That was free. 
So we're in verse 46, verse 47, all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. I love this part. I'm going to keep on going because this is for the kids, right? And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I would be in my father's house? And they didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he obeyed them. Praise God. That's what Jesus did. Obeyed his parents. That's what you should do, kids. (laughs) So Luke, Luke chapter three is a lot about John the Baptist and then Jesus baptism, right? Do you know the story? Who knows the story? Who knows the story about Jesus, what happened? He was a boy in a temple, right? He comes, he's waiting, he goes back with his family, then he comes back. John is uh, uh, teaching in the wilderness about repentance, right, and being cleansed. And then Jesus comes, he's baptized. What happens next after Jesus is baptized? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 that too, yeah. Dove descended on him, voice came from heaven, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, Right? And then the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted. Okay, this is why it's so important to read your scripture, right? Because I've heard people say, yeah, the Spirit tempted him. Right? Like it wasn't a comma in there somewhere, right? (laughs) It says the Spirit... It says the Spirit led him. Here we are. We're in, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Comma. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. We're in verse 3. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to them, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple And he told him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, you notice right here, right, right here. You see, the first two times the devil just had an idea and he said, hey, what about this? And Jesus said, no, 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 it is written. I know what the scriptures say. I was there. (laughs) Right? I know what the scriptures say. And he rebuttaled the devil with the word. So when the enemy came in, he said, stop right there. I know what you're doing. I got the word. 
Here's what it says, and that's why I'm not doing what you're saying. The third time that the devil says to him, he says, yeah, but isn't it written? And he takes the scripture and he twists it. Right? Is that what the devil does? Isn't he the author of confusion? Doesn't he take what God's made and pervert it? Distort it? So the third time that the devil comes to him, he says, it is written. And so Jesus, you have to imagine, I put myself right here in this position. I know Jesus is fully God, fully man, right? God can't be tempted. That's what the scripture says. So this is Jesus' flesh. The temptation is happening to Jesus' flesh, the flesh of God. So I put myself in this position and I say, man, even if someone were to use the scripture on me, would I be able to say, uh, that's not really what it's, what it's talking about. Because he says, it's written, and then Jesus responds to him and says, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Why did Jesus say, it is said, instead of it is written right here? I'm just asking questions. I don't really know the answer. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, isn't this one of the times where a question might arise in your mind? Hmm. So if we know that that's the way that it works and we know that that's what's going on, that the enemy is coming at us trying to confuse us, even about what the scripture says, we have to know what it says. We have to know the scriptures. Uh, When Jesus responded to these things, he's actually, I mean, he's quoting the scriptures. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 3. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. But check this out, right? I'm thinking about Jesus is actually quoting back to the time of Moses, right? To the law. Right. That's the reason why I'm about why I'm about to tell you is so important, because if this is about a thousand years later, give or take. So a thousand years later, and this is a word that God gave to his people, Israel, right? In Deuteronomy. And Jesus is saying to the devil right now in that current time, hey, what was said back here, it applies to right now. And if Jesus is doing that, then why aren't we? Why are we saying that the scripture is no longer valid for right now? See, the word of God doesn't care about what the cultural preference is. That's not what's important. It doesn't matter what's popular. It matters what God said. And if God said it, that settles it, right? So there it is. Uh. Jesus didn't just read the word, he received the word, okay? I want to plant that word in in you, to receive God's word, because we're talking about reading the word, but you can read something and not receive it, can't you? Can't you? Can't you? Can't you? Can't you? You can read something without receiving it. But actually, this next scripture that we're going to look at, Jesus fulfilled it. Jesus actually fulfilled it. We're going to look at Luke chapter 4. 
verse 14 through 21. This is after the temptation, right? This is what happens directly after Jesus is rejected at Nazareth. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. Now, I read, I went into the background of this. Apparently, anybody could read the scripture as long as you was there and you was willing and you were going to stand up. You stood up. That was your key, right? You stand up. You about to say, hey, I'm, I can read the scripture. I, I can read too. So it says, then what happened? The scroll was passed to him, <laughs> right? The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the captive free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, dropped the mic, gave it back to the attendant, (laughs) gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. (laughs) He read it, he received it, and then he fulfilled it. He actually did it. Let me ask you a question. Don't raise your hand, but is it possible for you to fulfill the scriptures? Maybe not this one, a prophecy referring to the Messiah, because I'm not the Messiah, right? But can you fulfill the scriptures? Husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Can you fulfill the scriptures? (laughs) Is it possible? It's possible for me to fulfill the scriptures. So Jesus didn't just read it. He received it. Then he fulfilled it. He read it. He received it. He fulfilled it. He read it. He He read it, received it, fulfilled it. Check this out. You know, the Bible is the only book in the world whose author is right there with you every time you read it. Right. Isn't that cool? I saw that quote somewhere and I was like, dude, that's mine now. Because because it didn't have no quotation, no little nothing. Author unknown. I don't know. I think that's like 2018 is going to be like if it's on two memes, you got it. It's yours. When you, when you read the word, it's like the Lord is right there himself with you while you're reading it, equipping you, protecting you, right? In your mind, in your spirit, he's training you, he's sustaining you, he's reshaping you, he's defining you. This is what he's doing while you're in his word. The Holy Spirit is there, same time, same time. And he's able to do all this through the power of his spoken and written word. Uh, When the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted, uh, it wasn't like Jesus was ill-equipped, right? So you see there, as a child, he was in his father's house. He was listening to the teachers, right? Asking questions. He's spending time right there around the word. He's hearing what it is. He's, He's intrigued by it. He's interested in it. Are you intrigued by the word? 
Raise your hand if you're intrigued by the word. Raise your hand if you're interested in the word. Raise your hand if you want to read it more. Because we can make time to do that. In 2018, we can do it. So when the Spirit led Jesus there, Jesus' response to the devil wasn't, you know, I think you're wrong. Something seems amiss here. I don't know that that's the correct theology. What did Jesus say? He knew right where it was. He said, it is written, bam, slap to the face. Talk to the hand because the face don't want to hear it, right? He didn't give him time to pedal around. He didn't give him time to come with a comeback. He didn't give him time to linger. <laughs> a lot of times we give the enemy time to linger around us. Well, I'm going to listen to that word because there might be some truth to that. And we didn't completely dismiss it. When the enemy comes, you got to immediately, completely dismiss him. Holla. It is written. I know. I know what God says about me. I know who I am. I know how he defines me because it's in the scripture because I read it and I know it's there. Oh, Lord. Do we have time? Do we have time? All right. Think about it this way. Okay. This is what really ministered to me. This is what spoke to me. Okay. Think about it this way. The devil didn't even try to destroy Jesus at the beginning of the temptation, did he? He didn't try to destroy him. On that third temptation, he's at the top of the temple, and I think, hey, cast yourself on down from here. <laughs> I mean, that seemed like a little attempt to me. You know what I mean? He might get like attempted manslaughter or something. I mean, jumping off the temple. You know what I mean? But the first two times... He just came to him with a little bit of a temptation, a little bit of a curveball, right? But check this out. <laughs> the same way that he deceived Adam and Eve is the same way that he tried to deceive Jesus is the same way that he tries to deceive us. By twisting what God said to us. The enemy knows something about you. He knows how powerful you are. He knows the power that's within you. That's why he doesn't want to destroy you immediately. He wants to give you time to get confused. He wants to get you time to be used by him. Because if he can confuse you, then he can use you. And if he can use you, then he doesn't have to worry about destroying you because you'll do things that destroy yourself. I don't want to be a tool in the enemy's hands. And the only way that I can prevent myself from being confused and from being uh, twisted is I got to know the scripture for myself. I have to know what God says about me and my life and my family and this church and the kingdom, I have to know that. I'm responsible for that. So what the enemy does, as soon as you get a word from God, as soon as something goes into your spirit, he wants to twist it, contort it, pervert it, distort it, manipulate it. He wants you to doubt it. He wants you to second guess it. Because he's the author of confusion. He's the father of lies. And when he speaks, he speaks his native tongue. There's no truth in him. There's no truth. 
Everybody's looking for the truth, right? You ever talk to something, talk to, I say somebody, you ever talk to your kids and just say, tell me the truth. I just want to know the truth. I don't care who broke it anymore. I just want to know who did it. I really am genuinely intrigued to know how all this transpired. I'm not even going to whoop nobody or nothing. I just want to know what happened. (laughs) Isn't there something, you just want to know the truth. You just want to know what really happened. Did God really say This is what he said. So we know that Jesus' life is chronicled in the scriptures. Yes, but it didn't start in the book of Matthew, did it? Didn't start in the book of Matthew. John 1 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That means in Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 1 verse 1 when it says in the beginning, it means Jesus was there. He was there in the beginning. He's the word made flesh to us. So when I'm looking at my Bible, when I'm thinking about my Bible, when I'm thinking about the scriptures, I'm thinking about the conduit that gets me even closer to Jesus. Do you want to live your life as a Christ follower? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You want to follow Christ. Raise your hand. You want to follow Christ. Okay. How can you follow Christ if you don't know where he's going? How can you follow Christ if you don't know where he's going? You don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's saying. Right? You don't know the song he's singing. You're singing a different song. (laughs) I want to go where he's going. How else can I know unless I'm in my word, which is the word made flesh, which is the flesh leaving this earth. Jesus left the earth. He said, don't worry. I'm going to ask my father. He's going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit. So as immediately when Jesus left the earth and the Holy Spirit came, guess what happened? We still had access, greater access. And now the Holy Spirit is doing its job, which is leading us into all truth. Guess what? The word is truth. (laughs) Jesus says, sanctify them, sanctify them by the truth Your word is truth. And the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us into all truth. So guess where the Holy Spirit's leading us? To the word. Quit trying to act like you spirit-led and you ain't reading your Bible. That's the Holy Spirit's leading you there. You ever meet somebody like that? They act like they just led by the Spirit. Spirit gonna tell me what to do. Ain't opened the Bible in three years. I'm like, I get it. I know some stuff in there is redundant. I don't need to be told don't murder again. I get it. I don't need to die. That's one time is good for me. <laughs> one time, one and done. Tell me I'm good to go. Don't need to kill nobody. Gotcha. But there's some other stuff in there I really got to work on that I really need to read over and over again so that I, so the spirit of God can minister to me so he can work his perfection in me. So he can't take me from glory to glory, right? Higher and higher. You want to go where you want to stay where you at or you want to go deeper? You want to stay where you at or you want to go higher? Because if you want to go higher, there's work required. If you want to go deeper, you got to dig deeper. You got to go yourself. You got to open it. You got to read it. You got to listen to it. Man, it's so easy. I was in my car the other day. Literally, I was in my car the other day. I had to take like a 40-minute drive to the next job site. I put my uh, thing on, listen to it. I'm listening to the word the whole time. I'm listening to it. 
someone else with an eloquent voice is reading it to me. I'm not even having to read in my own voice. I don't even have to hear myself anymore. Someone else is reading it to me, is ministering to me while I'm driving, while I'm getting work done. Stuff is happening. The word is going in. It's making deposits somewhere in there. There's wells. What do we know about God's word? What's our timing look like? What time are we cutting out of here? Babies are crying. I'm just... It's like, it's time to go. Babies are crying. It's time to go. What do we know about God's word? The word is an imperishable seed. It helps us endure. That's from 1 Peter 1, 23. His word doesn't return void. It accomplishes all he set it out to do. Isaiah 55, 11. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. John 16, 13. The word is truth. John 17, 17. God's word is alive, is active, and is judging the intentions of our hearts. Hebrews 4, 12. It is our only offensive weapon to combat the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. The word heals us. Psalm 107:20. It trains us, corrects us, and equips us. 2 Timothy 3:16. And we can put our hope in it. Psalm 119, 114. Does it sound good to you? <laughs> Does it sound like a good word to you? We're made new through the word. We have access to the word. You notice Jesus took the scroll, he unrolled it, he found a place, and he read it. Guess what? If you was on Facebook, you missed it. They wasn't live streaming. Well, they was live streaming, but (laughs) they wasn't going back to listen to it again. Everybody didn't have the scroll. They handed him the scroll. It was cherished. Not everybody had access to it. There wasn't no, we'll go read it again tomorrow. No, when's the temple open again? Let's go back to the temple again and hear the scrolls read again. Because I want to hear it. Because it's life to me. Because it's something in there and I know it's God's word to me. And we have access to it sitting out. We've got 20 Bibles at the house, different translation, different. We ain't got, I haven't got a Spanish to English Bible. One time I thought I was going to be able to do that with Anna and Ernie. I got a Spanish to English Bible and everything. I'm like, I'm going to figure something out. You know what I mean? I ain't watching no telenovelas, but I'm going to figure something out, you know? (laughs) Some of the guys on the job site, they're like, oh, you want to speak Spanish? Yeah, you just watch the telenovela. I'm like, bro, I can't even watch that. They're going to talk about something I don't even need to hear. You know, I'm be out here talking something else. But we got the word, guys. We take it for granted. We're taking our word for granted. We've really taken our word for granted. Dust it off. Open it up. Get in there. Find a new translation. Find something that's interesting to you. Find a question that you have. You know, if you went to Google, there's a search engine. All you got to do is say, what does the Bible say about whatever your question is? Some scriptures are going to come up. Some cross-references are going to come up. You're going to have some digging to do. It really ain't that complicated, is it? Well, people ask me, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? Do you have Google? I don't get it. <laughs> like, man, how do you find it so fast? <laughs> you know? Wow. 
But as you're reading God's word, he's, he's digging deeper wells. You're going to be able to come up with the thought. and say, I don't know exactly what that scripture says, but I know what it says. I know the point. I might not know verbatim exactly word for word what it says, but I know what the point is and I can get you to the point. Do you want to go to the point? Because the point is where, the, where it's at. That's the answer. That's where I want to go. Is it time for the worship team to come yet? Are y'all ready? Y'all, y'all, are y'all back there? Okay, they back there. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little carried away. Huh, I'm going to leave you with this, uh, with this little story. Uh, when we moved into our new house, we, we never had an upstairs. So I never had that problem by yelling for kids or anything like that. They could always hear me. It was just one floor. And uh, when we moved into our new house, all the bedrooms are upstairs. So what the kids do when they try to get away from you or get out of work is they run upstairs so they can get away. Right? Because <laughs> that's where all their stuff is at. They can find themselves busy up there. And I will say, I'll be in the kitchen or the living room, and I'll say, hey, kids, kids. And, uh, you know, they'll come down. They won't come downstairs. They come to the edge of the stairs right where the banister splits off, and they can just poke their head around to see, uh, yeah. But they don't come all the way down to where I am. And they say, yeah. And I'll say, hey, I need you to pick up your room. I need you to go get your laundry, bring it to the laundry room. I need you to do X, Y, Z that I need kids to do, right? Because I'm too tired. I can't do everything. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? Sometimes you just need kids to do stuff. They got a lot of energy anyways. Do something productive with it. So I'll call them and I'll say, hey, I need you to do this. And they'll run off, and then I'll come back, and I'll say, hey, well, why isn't any of these things done? And they'll say, oh, we didn't hear you. (laughs) You were standing right there. I saw your face. (laughs) I know you heard me, but you didn't listen to me. I know you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. And this is how we approach God sometimes. We approach God's word. We read it, but we haven't received it. We can't accomplish what God is sending us to do on the mission that he's called us to do it because we've only read it and we didn't receive it. If you're ready to receive it for 2018, (laughs) it's on you. You got the rest of the year, right? There's a fresh page. It turns over tomorrow and your spiritual walk, your individual walk, along with the walk of all the people that you're sharpening, who you're in community with, either your family or or this church or other places that you visit, you're going to be able to sharpen other people because you've equipped yourself, because you had a hunger and a thirst for God's word. So that's something that I want you to leave here with this morning. Are you ready to receive God's word so that you can fulfill God's word?